0: Welcome to On The Verge with Kirstie Alley. On today's podcast, episode one, Kirstie talks about being famous, the Twitter world, and how she got into politics. And now, your host, Kirstie Alley.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Kirstie Alley. Welcome to the Kirstie Alley Show. Well, this is my first podcast. I've been talking about it for about a year and never did it, so here I am. And um, I know there's infinite amount of podcasts out there. So I just really want to thank you for choosing this one, at least for this, this brief few minutes or hour or however long you stay tuned. But anyway, thank you. Really, I appreciate it. So I think I'm just going to start off by letting you know that I'm sitting here with my good friend, Corey. He, he's producing this and he knows how to do all of the, things that you do to do a podcast, and I know none of them, so this is Corey. Hi, everybody. How you doing? <laughs> okay, Corey, <laughs> you sound a little bit too sexy. <laughs> I'm the sexy one, okay? So <laughs> make, <Love> you, noted. <laughs> make your voice a little higher. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, you know, I wanted to do a podcast because I've been an actress for 40 years, mm. and... Um, I have to say that basically my career has been made up of working and then interviews. And um, I've, I think I've done thousands of interviews after, over the last 40 years. And they actually turn into sound bites. So I thought it was interesting to do a podcast because you actually get to say your side of the story or (laughs) what's true for you or your point of view without somebody else uh, saying it for you. And I don't know if you all know this, but uh, when you do interviews, they can usually take from an hour, sometimes six hours. Sometimes you have someone at your house all day long doing an interview and photos. Um, But a lot of times when you do the ones that are an hour or two hours, you end up with... um, a blurb in a magazine or newspaper or online and, you know, like a really short paragraph. <laughs> you just spend an hour of your life answering 50 questions and somehow it's condensed into the the top three things they always ask you about. So anyway, here I am. And I thought a good way to start this off, I mean, you may not know who I am and that's fine. <laughs> know who you are either but okay so here's the deal that I thought would be interesting the first time to talk about is just that the perception that people have of let's call it famous people because it could be an actor you know it could be a director it could be a sports person or a minister just Somebody that people know, either on a local level or a national level or an international level. And they develop all these perceptions of who they think this person might be in real life. And um, I was talking to Corey because I was saying, you know, yesterday on Twitter, um, I made some comment about Biden. We'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) But I made some comment about Biden and... Kamala and um the response was one of the one of the responses was, you know, I met you Ten years ago, and you were really mean and uh, rude, and so you need to shut up because I met you in Arizona, and you were holding a puppy, and I said, what kind of puppy is that? And you didn't answer me, so I said it again, what kind of puppy is that? And you didn't answer me again, and so you're just rude. So it got me thinking, like, oh, my golly. You know, I, I have a policy, which is, you know, sometimes you could be the first or only sort of famous person anyone's ever encountered. So I, I always make a point to be as nice as I possibly can. Because I know that, I remember, oh God, this was a long time ago. I think it was in the late 70s. I had a big crush on an actor named Jimmy Kahn. And then I went to visit someone in California. And anyway. I met James Kahn, and, you know, I clung to every word he said, and I realized that he would not remember me if he ever met me again. So, <laughs> But I would always remember him. So anyway, I was trying to figure this out, and I told Corey, I go, okay, so... I don't remember being rude to this person, and it makes no sense to me that I'd be standing there holding a puppy, because you all know I'm an animal freak, and that someone would say, what kind of dog is that? And I would just literally ignore them. And so then they would ask me again, and I'd just ignore them. I, I can't imagine me doing that. So, But I realized that this per, that's what this person thought that I did, or they were making it up. Because, okay, here's, an, here's another example. I've probably met thousands of people in my life. But let's say I'm in a store in my hometown of Wichita, Kansas. That's where we're um, broadcasting from right now. Uh, let's say I, I walk in a store and somebody comes up to me and they go, oh, God, this is the worst thing in the world. This is the question I never want to answer. It puts me on the spot. Hey, do you remember me? And I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. And I I try to always say, you look so familiar, but can you just remind me of where we might have met? And a lot of times when I'm in my hometown, people will say, okay, well, I went to junior high with you and I was in your math class. And I will say, <laughs> okay. Like I'm sitting here. I'm 68, and someone, the person across from me is 68, and I'm supposed to know what they looked like when they were 13 in a math class in junior high. But then, it, then I realize. Maybe I'm the only celebrity they have ever met. And also, if I'm from their hometown, maybe they've seen some of my shows or something. And that's how they remember me. But if I wasn't an actor, I'm not so sure they'd remember me when they were, you know, however many years it is after being 13. What do you think about that, Corey?
0: I think that you, you kind of hit it on the head there. I think that... You know, in my life, I've maybe met a handful of celebrities, and I remember every single one of those interactions that I had. But, you know, those celebrities will never, ever in their entire life remember me. So, I mean, you meet people every single day for 40 years. How are you supposed to remember any of those people?
1: Well, it's true. Now, sometimes I'll remember some of them because they're super asses, or unfortunately, sometimes you remember the ones that were... Like one time I was in New York, and I was in a store, and I had a baby. One of my kids in one arm... and. The other one in tow in my, with my hand. And this woman, we were in, oh God, Barney's or something. So that's a fancy store in New York. And the woman said to me, she comes up and she has her, like, look like a 10 year old. And she goes, I need to take a picture of you and get an autograph. I'm so, I said, I'm so sorry. I've got my kids with me and I, I can't stop right now. I've got a car waiting outside and it's raining. And she goes, No, but you don't get it. I need a picture and an autograph. And I said, I said, Well, I'm so sorry. I just have my kids here. And she goes, Louder and louder. But you don't get it. <laughs> I need a picture of you and an autograph for my daughter here. And so I looked down at her daughter, and I was like, "Oh, thank you, thank you. It's so sweet of you. I'm so sorry. I've got my baby." So the the, girl, the little girl's ten, and she shook her head like, "Yeah, I get it, I get it." And the mom then stepped in front of me and went, "You are so rude. You're a bitch." Blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Oh my god,
0: I'm gonna kill myself." <laughs> so anyway, why, why do you think that perception? You know, the the perception. What do you think your perception? that people think of you? How do you think they think of you?
1: I don't know, because I feel like it's really mixed. An example is when I went to college. Okay, I went to college, I was shy. I'm still sort of shy in certain circumstances. So I remember in college, because I was shy, sometimes I wouldn't say very much, shocking, since I'm a blabbermouth now, but I wouldn't say that much. And then later, the perception of me, when I talked to some of my friends who became my good friends, they would always go, like, I remember when I met you, you were so stuck up, so snobby, so full of yourself. And I was like, I was? Because in my head, I was like, oh, my God, they're so pretty, and they're so cool, and I'm an idiot. I'm such a goon bat, and they're everything. So I just wouldn't say anything, and they perceived that as me being naughty and full of myself so it, it's I just think it's such a strange scenario you know it's like I, I got another tweet yesterday that said I was rude to them to their employees I have a place in Oregon and I've had it forever like 40 years or something and um, it's outside of Medford Oregon and Jacksonville Oregon and this person said you're so rude I mean you were rude to to my employees in 1990 <laughs> and I was, and, and they, they said it was in Oregon and I was like, you know, I'm trying to ask them because I don't want to be rude. So I tweet them back and I say, well, okay, let's have it. What did I do? What did I say? Well, you were just rude to my employees. And that I looked at the picture of the person that I was talking to and he looked like he was 30 so I thought, like, if this was 40, okay, okay how is this even possible? So I asked the question. I said, did you witness me being rude to your employees? And he said, no, but my mother told me the story. <laughs> and I thought, how do you, and, and I can't remember that, you know? And sometimes I do remember when I've been rude. There are people that could get on Twitter with me, and they could have a little battle with me, because I would remember when I was rude, and I was intentionally rude, like that woman in New York. I just wanted to go, bitch, back off. And if she didn't have her kid with her, I would have. But so I I guess that you were telling me that somebody.
0: Yeah, somebody that I used to work with said um, that you came into a store and everybody was surprised how nice you were. And I said, well, what do you mean? That's how she is. So what, what did you guys think? And he's like, well, we've heard all these stories. And I was like, well. You got to see him for yourself, and now you know how she really is. That's that, that's crazy. Do you think just not to not to jump topics, but do you think that Twitter? You have 1.4 million followers on Twitter. Do you think that how how has Twitter impacted your life? Do you think that it? it I'm sure it's uh, it, normally for some people it can be a cesspool, and then for others it can change the world. How do you think it has affected your life? Because you respond to pretty much a Lot of people you put a tweet out yesterday, uh, two hours ago, that said, uh, Who would you like to hear on my podcast? and you got 2.7 right now, 2.7 responses of these people. So, two
1: responses,
0: 2,700. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna responses. say, <laughs> I think I've got a lot of bots on my Twitter. Do you think that? I mean, do you, do you how's that impact you? I mean, can you speak to what? Goes into that. Well,
1: you know, it's strange because I joined Twitter. It's the only social media I'm on. It's sort of the anti-social media sometimes. But um, I joined it because over all these years, you know, as as an actor, if someone recognizes you, they ask you a lot of questions. You know, well, when did you do that? And how did you do that? They're interested in you, or I think you knew my mother, or blah 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 blah. I never get to. And then they want a picture, or they want they used to want an autograph. Now they want a picture, and it's. the, the thing that happens is I never got to interact. It's not called interacting. It's someone's asking you questions and you're answering them. So I love the idea of Twitter because I could actually, even if it's just mundane things, I would go like, what are you eating? <laughs> Which I'm actually interested in. What are your kids doing tonight? How many kids do you have? And I would get all these, and I still do, I'll get all these responses. Or how do you feel about this? So it's a way for me to interact with people and uh Ask about their lives too, because if someone sees a celebrity, they get sort of. A lot of times, they'll get sort of starstruck, and so they really. Even if I ask them in person, well, how many kids do you have? They might go, "I have two, but it's no. I'm just a normal. Who cares?" And I don't feel that way. I feel like it's just like the same theories. Like I like to drive. I'm not saying I'm a voyeur. It might be a little bit. I like to drive around. Uh, This is one of my greatest pleasures. I drive around, especially in the fall or winter. People have their lights on, (laughs) sort of, driving in my car really slow, looking in their windows to see what they're doing, meaning not naked shots or something like that. But if I see, here's an example, if I see people eating dinner together. I'm like, oh, look, look at those kids. They're eating dinner. I love that. And then I'll, I'll drive past another house, and maybe the kids are in the yard playing. I'll go, oh, yeah. So I, the point is it's sort of all the everyday stuff that I really like finding out about, and that's the stuff that if you're famous... You don't get to see because people will act usually a certain way if they're standing in front of you. So I've always loved Twitter for that. And I always called Twitter – Twitter is like in categories. I was thinking about it earlier. Like <laughs> – when I first got on Twitter, it was the just meeting, it's the meet and greet year. And the next one was the charity year where I would do some charity event. And then there was a year where I would have contests and give money away. And then I guess this year is the year of the dark lords. <laughs> it's, the, you know, so it's changed my life in a way. Like, I was never very vocal about politics, Um You know, when you're in Hollywood, you don't usually have to be too vocal because you can pretty much, even if you just sort of assume everybody's liberal, you're not too far out of the box. (laughs) So you might meet people who are conservative, or even if you met them, they might not say. So it's changed my life in a way that it's and it's it's ever changing. I think that's actually why I like it. It's ever changing. It's talking about Something that's happening right now, current events, which I'm not a current eventer. You know, I'm a person who's either working or, you know, making a show or working, or I'm a person who's decorating something or putting a party together or doing some charity event. But, you know... Earlier today, when we were talking, you were talking about Billie Eilish, right?
0: Yeah, I, she's just getting lambasted for this new picture that came out. You know, half of the people are saying, "Oh, leave her alone. She's only 18, And the other half are, "Well, she's eighteen. She deserves to be body shamed." I guess.
1: I, now, see, but that, but see, you're like a current event guy. You and your generation stay. Corey's fifteen. I'm kidding. <laughs> your generation, you stay more current event. My generation is <laughs> sort of like, remember when we were in high school? No, kidding. But my generation, for the most part, I don't think is up on current events. So it's, you know, I may get lambasted for this. What else is new? But when you said that about Billie Eilish and you showed me that picture, it really did remind me of... You know, I know Billie Eilish always wears clothes that are huge, and that's sort of her mo and her dress and right, stuff. And right. and I just wonder, like, are you dressing like that? Is she dressing like that because she doesn't want to get comments? Did she say anything about that?
0: Uh, you know, I, uh, what I read about it was, is she's kind of had her image like that, so people don't judge her uh, based solely on her body. They want her to right. be um, for her voice and her music, not not just her body. Right. I know, but it's
1: sort of we're in the wrong business, aren't we, for that? Because, I, you know, on Twitter, here's an example. You're asking about how does it impact my life. If someone disagree I could say this. In fact, I tried this once. I, I put on Twitter, God is good. Well I get back, oh, is he? No, he's actually great. I get that from a bunch of people. I get... I go, God is good. And they go, God is good every day. And I'm like, okay, God is good every day. And then some I'm like, well, I'm an atheist. So I don't even believe in God. So you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. But then they always come down to these three things you're fat. They're either like, okay, boomer. Or why don't you go have a cheeseburger? Or don't you have any aliens in your living room? <laughs> because you're a Scientologist. Why don't you go sit around with them? So,
0: <laughs> have you have you ever had any insults that were like God? That was a good one. I mean, because everybody's always like Scientology or whatever. What, I, 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 mean, I don't.
1: I don't feel like they're very original, right? I don't. You know, the, the the newest. It's not new, but in the last six months, the one you get the most is okay, boomer. And I'm like, okay, you fucking dumbass. What <laughs> what does that even mean? And I thought, can I imagine? I mean, I think about. You know, my grandparents who I loved, my grandfather's probably the closest person in my life other than my dad and I and my kids. And I can't even imagine saying to my grandfather if he said something like, Okay, World War winner," <laughs> okay, boomer, okay, depression liver thrower. I mean like what are these the I, I think that's a hard thing. It's another effect that Twitter's had on me that just the it's not, I, the word isn't rude. The word is just non respectful. Um, not so much of me, because I'm sort of used to it. And like I said, it's usually the same three slams that I've heard. So, you know, eat a cheeseburger is one of the big ones. I like gotta admit, sometimes I'm hungry and I go get one. Okay. <laughs> but, but I just can't imagine. Some of these things that these people, the millennials, say to other people, especially people that are older than them, it's it's just so strange to me. I don't know how they. Li- what do they say at their houses when their mom or dad go? You know, if they say, "Mom, can I borrow the car?" No, you really can't tonight. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, Chubby. Why don't you have a cheeseburger yet? <laughs> yeah, flipping Christian, right on. Let's call Jesus and see what he says. I mean, what it is. Do you think this, Corey? Do you think this is a byproduct of Twitter and social media? Or do you think that these people talk to their families like. They talk to people on Twitter.
0: No, I don't think that anybody talks to the way that uh, in person they do on Twitter. Now, every single person in the world has a voice where, you know, 20 years ago it was only people that uh, were famous or were on the news or wherever. Now, Joe across the street can tell you to go eat a cheeseburger, you know? I mean, before, he'd never come up to you and say that to you in person, (laughs) I I wouldn't think. (laughs) I would (laughs) think that would be sort of dangerous. Now he can log into Twitter and tell you to do that. (laughs) Go eat a cheeseburger. (laughs) You know, it's sort of horrifying.
1: I guess because we were talking about the perception of different people, And, and like Billie Eilish. Oh, my God. So here she is. She decides to walk down the street in normal clothes, And now her body is up for grabs. And people say, oh, we don't body shame anymore. We don't do this. Oh, we never fat shame. It's like, fuck you. You do every fucking day of the week. If it's, I see it all over. And and she was a perfect example. She's, I mean, one of my shows will be about being fat. I mean it's a pretty interesting subject, but like I looked at the photos of her, and I'm like, your body looks sort of normal to me. it doesn't look all photoshopped and all anorexic and right. but it it looks pretty normal so why are why is that a topic? but it is with famous people it is it's just is a topic, and you're judged and you're judged for basically everything, but I feel like. I have had many, many years to get used to it. I just had to get used to the magnitude of it. But it, it works the other way, too. You know, if you went on Billie Eilish's site, she would say, we love you, I love you, I love you more than anyone, you're the most talented person in the world, blah, 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 blah. If I look at my Twitter feed, it's right on, you're right, you're right, you're great, you're beautiful, love you, love you, love you. And then you'll get one like, okay, boomer, go eat a cheeseburger. And the boomer, go eat a cheeseburger just like flies in your head like, ooh, damn, I'm old and I need to eat a <laughs> Yeah, that,
0: I, that's the thing is I was just going through these because you uh, you asked uh, who would you like to see, uh, or questions, you had particular questions, and the, the one, one was like, who did you like, Ted or Woody from Cheers? You know, and the next, there was like 50 of them that were good questions. Who's the smartest actor you ever worked with? And then one's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know? <So> <laughs> just,
1: <laughs> you, I know, and for some reason, and this isn't right, but I want to answer, I either want to be a smartass, and if the person says you're an idiot, I want to go. <laughs> which sounds like I'm in the fourth grade, which is like, oh, really? I know I am, but what are you? I mean, it it provokes me to jump on them, do you know? And then a million people will say, don't feed the trolls, don't engage. And I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to engage, but... Oh God! One one was yesterday, and it was like when someone decides to school me, I'll say something, and then they're like, "Well, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you need to do this." And now I'm, and then when they do this, and I'm ashamed of you. And when someone tells me they're ashamed of me, like yesterday, I just like, "Oh, fuck off, Priscilla!" Where I'm ashamed of you? (laughs) It's like, girl, I'm 68 years old. Do that's something you say to your three year old? I'm ashamed of you, and you don't even fucking know me. So you can see, I have a little, get a little riled up about that. But there is then it, you know, it's it's flips back and forth. You want to have conversations with people, and I guess you don't want to have those kind of conversations. But it's also like, who the hell do you think you are that you come on here and you're just gonna, you're, and they always follow me. That's the thing that makes no sense. I think people think they have to follow you on Twitter for you to see their tweet about them, and you don't. You just tag them, and then they can see your tweet. But they think they have to follow you because I'm like, why in God's heaven are you following me? You hate my guts. You think I'm a pig. You think I'm... The grossest person in the world. So what? Uh, that never makes sense to me either. So I guess you could say Twitter is a conundrum.
0: <laughs> Do you want to answer one of these questions? That, okay, I'm uh, afraid. Go uh, ahead. Well, this one right here is from a bunch of numbers, so it could be a bot. It says, who did you like working with, Ted or Woody?
1: I liked working with both of them because they're very... Um, you know, Woody, you have to remember, this was a long time ago, and Woody what is it, 28 years ago? I can always remember how long ago it was because of my son. Um, Woody was a wild guy, and I loved it. And Woody sort of flirted with me mercilessly. I don't know if I flirted back or not, probably did, but he would flirt with me mercilessly. And he would bring, I loved it, he... (laughs) Sometimes he would bring girls over to my house. I'm married. I'm up in my bedroom with my husband. And Woody would bring have a date with someone. And then I guess they would have a fight or something because they would, I think they wanted Woody to be in love with them and he never was. And so they would have a fight. And then he'd come up and knock on my door in the bedroom and he'd go, What are you doing? And I go, Well, Woody, I'm, I'm asleep. What are you doing? And I go, Well, we had a big fight down there because. She thinks that I'm not faithful to her and I'm not because I'm just sort of dating around. <laughs> Can you want to come down and have some, a snack with me? <laughs> it's like Woody and I were like siblings, I would say. He was a flirty sibling. That sounds so wrong, right? <laughs> he, he was flirty. And then Ted, you know, Ted is such a leading man kind of a guy. I, I love those guys. There wasn't one of those guys in that show that I wasn't
0: mad about. Do you still talk to those guys?
1: I do talk to them. I don't talk to them probably as much as I could or should. I probably, I talk to uh, Rhea the most. I haven't talked to a couple of them for a couple years. Um, I did a, a commercial, and then uh, I just, we did the Gold the Goldbergs, and um, Rhea, George, and John and I did that, so, you know, you see each other here and there, but... I'd love to see them more.
0: And this this one came from Duke Kaboom forty five. Duke Kaboom forty five. <laughs> what up? Duke wanted to know. He said, "I really loved you on Cheers, but I really loved you on Star Trek. <laughs> I you have a, just a vast." Um, array of fans from, you know, people that knew you from Star Trek, people that knew you from Cheers.
1: Or uh, the ice cream store where I was really mean to them
0: and or, their employees. Right, <laughs> where you were really rude at the pet store. Or dancing with the stars. So what was it like working on che- I mean, do you still see all these Trekkies? Do they say hi to you? Uh,
1: I do. <laughs> you know, I really like doing Star... Well, first of all, I'm always fond of it because Star Trek was my first job as an actor. So... That's a big deal when you have your very first, like, first job period as an actor. I didn't do a little part or a walk on or anything. I just got to bounce into being Lieutenant Savick, so. I love. They, if you go to a convention or something, you just see how loyal those people are, and they love, they love Star Trek. They know every single. It's like I know about Bridget Jones's Diary. I could tell you every line in Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, they can tell you every line of every Star Trek movie. So
0: anyway, who else? What did, do we have there? Did you ever go to a Star Trek convention? I did. Sign autographs. What was that like? Did you wear your suit? Oh my God! You sound <laughs> like a
1: fan, Corey. For God's sake. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I would fit into my Star Trek (laughs) suit after all these cheeseburgers. Um, I did, at first, I was nervous to go sign autographs, but I always feel weird signing autographs. I don't know. I always feel sort of strange. I feel like I would rather sit down and have a chat, but you can't have a chat with a thousand people that come through the Star Trek convention. But I understand someone wanting a picture signed, but... I always feel weird, just like, okay, here's my name. I mean, my it just feels like so, what is it, like conceited in a way. It feels conceited to... Put my name on a piece of paper. I mean, you know, it feels better to sign a picture, I gotta say, than like a napkin. And it used to, you don't get it as much because people go, Can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? But it used to be like, Can you sign this napkin? Can you sign this toilet paper? Can you sign this Kleenex? Can you sign my shirt? Can you sign my head? Can you sign my forehead? <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: here's here's an interesting one. People may not know. Prior to your uh, stardom, you were an interior decorator designer. Yes. This one said, "What is your best design decorating tip?"
1: Whoa! No, that's an interesting question. No one's ever asked me. Um, well, I, I guess what I was taught to do. I I was an interior designer, but i I didn't really go to school for it. I was lucky, and someone hired me. I don't know why, but they did. They hired me to be a designer in a design Dean's Designs here in Wichita, Kansas. So what I learned was that I do is I make a big board, and I put everything on it. I, I really sort of like a, it needs to have a foundation to it. So I put everything out on the board, and if I have an extra place or area in my house, I'll lay it all out on the floor, and then I live with it for about two or three weeks you know, walk past it, look at it, look at it. And then if something is like, whoa, no, if that's too trendy or too, I don't even like it after two weeks, it's out. And so I feel like you should make big design boards and put all your samples and everything out and then live with it before you stick it in your house and spend that money, you know, because it's expensive to do all those things, expensive to remodel. So my tip is to, and my other thing, my other tip is to stay cohesive. You know, I guess theme rooms, <laughs> don't ever, you know, they aren't very classic or long lasting. So I would say if you're going to use carpet, use the same carpet through your whole house. If you're going to do wood floors, do wood floors, the same wood floors through your own house, your whole house, and maybe skip the theme rooms. <laughs>
0: That is, that's a, uh, That's fantastic to <laughs>
1: But you have no interest in what I'm saying. Okay, why don't you give me another Well, I don't know one. anything about design.
0: I, I, know, I do. Oh, my God. You're if I'm
1: getting, getting ready, ready to do your house.
0: If I'm getting ready to, now I'm going to have a board out. There. So, well, you so, better I, have so I a do board. that. <laughs> um, when did you get so involved in politics? When
1: did I get so involved in politics? Uh, it's been in stages where I'm so involved. You know, when the last elections before Trump became president, I wasn't so involved because I love the idea of Obama, I love the idea of a black president. I love the idea of the hope that I thought I thought what was going to happen was that it would just change the landscape of the United States. Maybe I'm naive, but I thought it was really going to make a huge dent in ending racism and and the awareness. I thought that was create that. So I voted for Obama twice at the end of that, I started getting involved, I guess you would say, more interested in, because I had my own feelings about what those eight years consisted of and what I thought it was going to do, and it didn't, for me, didn't cut it. Didn't do it. So I started getting interested at first when Trump was running. I just thought he was kidding. I didn't even know if that was real. I actually went to talk to him uh, before he was actually running, and you know, I just went in his office and asked him a few questions. (laughs) Like,
0: Can you share what you asked him, or is
1: that? Well, I was just like, "Wow, this is it!" Like, are you really gonna? You're really doing this? And he goes, "Yeah, I'm really doing this." And I didn't know him, so I just asked if I could meet with him, and I guess I just wanted to know if it was real, you know, and I wanted to. I, I, I spoke to him just real. it was not a long meeting. I spoke to him briefly about, I can't even remember the exact questions I was asking him, but I remember I walked out and I thought, wow, he's an interesting guy. He's really going to do this. He's not messing around. I think when I was in there, he said, I just feel like I can help this country. I feel like I can change the course of this country. I've observed him for many, many years and seen his energy levels crazy. He's got more energy than ten people put together, so I thought, "Wow, if you have a person whose real intention is to change the landscape and get things done, I think that's the main thing I came out with he's going to get things done, like him or not he's going to get things done so that's when I sort of got involved with, and it was an evolution it was It, it wasn't all just like black and white it was it was I mean, I observed and observed. I think I wasn't all in. I voted for him last time, but I don't think I was all in and fully in. But I may not have ever been all in and fully in with the president. Uh, But I don't think I went all in until about a year ago. And I felt like I really had observed the different things that had also happened to me along the last four years on sets, for, an, for example, in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, and the landscape of what I consider to be so far to the left that it's insane, so liberal that it's just like, I can't agree with those things. I never considered myself a conservative. I never considered myself to be someone who would actually be called right-wing. But the comparison of right-wing now and 30 years ago is very different and the comparison of—I would say—the majority of the time in my life, I voted Democrat. But now it doesn't even look like it doesn't even look like the Democratic Party to me. It's sort of—it's way more socialistic than I'm willing to uh, go along with. And um, I think that's when I really started getting political. Was like, whoa, this—I'm not—I'm not going along with a government that's going to end up socialist. Uh, it doesn't end well for other countries. So, anyway, I think that's where I got really involved, and I have watched Trump evolve as the President of the United States, and I guess I can sort of say now exactly what I said the first day was, he has boundless, endless energy, and he doesn't give up. He's like a dog with a bone. If he's going to go after something, he makes it happen, and... I got so tired of watching nothing happen. It wasn't like I was watching horrible things happening necessarily before that, but I, got, I saw no great results. So anyway, that's how I've come to be more political. And you know, it's hard to speak because I got to tell you, people go, well, when you speak up in Hollywood, are there consequences? There are consequences. I'm not going to say what set, but I was on a set, and I was told by two producers... You know, it was like well, we saw that you tweeted this thing about Trump and that you were pro Trump, and they said um, we. I and they said individually they took me aside. I'm pro Trump too, but if you know if if someone knew that I had told you that and that I was pro Trump, I would be. And this was a pretty high up person, pretty high up producers. They said we would be canned. I had never experienced people being afraid of losing their jobs and their livelihood because they were going to vote a certain way. And I'd never seen that before. You know, like when we did Cheers, most of us were, you know, Democrats, but a couple weren't, and we didn't care. It was just like, okay, whatever. You know, you always think the other person's stupid. Oh, wait, you're a dem? Oh, you're stupid. No, I look, I look at you. Like, oh, you're, a re- <laughs> you're a redneck. You're a Republican. So you always have some weird connotation of people. But this is the first time that I saw people afraid this cancel culture thing and afraid for their livelihoods. That is not okay with me, and that's what got me started being more vocal about not being on team cancel culture and not on team, like, we don't like who, what, who you're voting for and we think you're de- demonic and you're this and you're racist and you're that and you're blah, 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 blah. Because for me, it's just not true. And it's not true of anyone I know. So it just makes no sense. And I've seen people lose their jobs. I've seen people... I, I'll be curious... Who will hire me next? I will be curious to find out because I haven't stopped working since I started working, but it's going to it's gonna be sort of interesting. Actors are always looking for work. The like second you walk off of a set, you're, you're freelance, basically. You know, you're looking for your next job. But I will say that I have never seen the arena so stacked, the deck so stacked. It's scary to me sort of the monopolies taking place and the I, it, I guess it's just scary to me. I, I look at the news and i I don't mind commentators being slanted because they're going to be slanted but if you can't just deliver straight news with facts and what's going on and you have to roll your eyes and scream and act like a maniac. I'm like, what is happening? It's, it's all sort of crazy to me. And you're losing your, I do know people that will have lost their jobs over it. And people will not say that they're not going to come right out and say it because it's illegal. But I know from being on that set and the atmosphere on that set and another one that I was on, that it is very politicized now. And show business was not, at least I didn't experience it. Maybe I didn't really experience it because I was voting Democrat. I don't know. But it doesn't it just seem strange now to you that people actually hate you if you're not going along with them? They hate you if you don't, if you aren't going to vote who they want you to vote for. That's not right. right. So I started going like, I'm going to look for some friends. <laughs> You know, I have my close friends, I have my close, you know, my inner circle, then I have a little bigger circle. And if my Twitter friends, they just can't be mean and violent and hideous to people just because they have a different, different opinion.
0: I agree. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird how polarized everybody is. They, they think that if you're, uh, they don't even know if you're a Trump supporter for some things, and uh, they don't like you if you are. So. Right, but
1: it also means to them, which I think is ridiculous, it's like, oh, well, you agree with this? Well, do you agree with that? I mean, since when do we have any human being walking the planet that we agree with everything out of their mouth? Right. Or every, every concept that they would talk about. You know, people go like, well, do you like the way he talks? And I'm like, no, I don't like the way he talks sometimes. Sometimes I don't like the the way he talks at all. But I've seen the other guys that are slicky-slick with their smiley smiles, and they may not talk that way, but they're stabbing you in the back. So I think everyone has to use their own judgment in these cases. You know, it's like if you're running a family. I've got two kids, and basically for the most of my kids' life, I was a single mother with them. And their dad had them when he had them, but at my house, I was a single mother. You have to just do the best you can. You know, you have to judge like what kind of school should these kids go to um you know when their friends come over you kind of gotta go like okay this guy's a little crazy now the guy's crazy all the time maybe he's not a good guy to have over here around the kids because he's now lit five things on fire you know so you and then you have to call the shots and help your kids out so I feel like with politics I'm just doing the best I can I'm just looking at the most circumstances that I consider to be sane and effective so before covid when we left off with the economy and the jobs filled and you know when people are talking about the racial unrest but i have to say that really if i look at the simplicity of let's say in hollywood The solution is create more projects for people of color. The solution is hire more people of color. The solution is do like now, and I see it more and more. And it started it's it's more rollerballing. Every commercial you see on TV, I would rather see it all mixed up. That's what makes me happy. It's I I sure wouldn't want to be a black person twenty years ago when every. TV show you tuned into was mostly everybody white, except for maybe there's a black guy, you know, and that would make me feel weird. I wouldn't want to have every commercial represented by all white people. It would make me feel weird. It made me feel weird, you know, when I was in high school and they started um, integration at my school, which, you know, I went to Southeast and there's like 2000 white kids. And I remember when... The first I, I think they integrate it with three black kids. And I thought, great, how would I like to be one of the three black kids <laughs> being bussed over to the two thousand white kids school? <laughs> how would I like to be the white kid bust over to the two thousand black kids school? And I felt like, God, this has to be hard on them. And I didn't and I love the idea of integration, but I felt like, okay, let's say in this school there's five hundred kids. Okay, let's send 250 of them over there and 250 of them over there so you really get the mix going on you know and then and I feel the same way about Hollywood if you I feel like it's more simple than it's being presented sometimes if you really want to help people out give them a job especially in the line of work that maybe hasn't been so that maybe has been too white and too segregated So, you know, I look at like Tyler Perry and people who've created content. To me, that's the solution. You just keep creating content and you keep mixing it up. And then in in my life, if I keep creating opportunities for anybody that, you know, applies for a job with me, I do take in consideration of who's the best qualified who do I like being around? How do how do, how do this person and I hit it off? And so if, if they're a black person or if they're you know from Mexico or Honduras, I've been around. I've hired so many people of different walks of life and different nationalities and different colors, and it it feels natural to me. And that's what I would hope for. The world, that it feels natural. So anyway, when I'm called a racist or whatever I am, I mean, it just doesn't even make any sense to me. It's like, oh, you're a racist. Well, you don't know it, but you are. <laughs> Especially when someone says that. Well, see, you don't know that you're a racist. Right. Oh, Like, really? No. I, I'm not, I can't see that since I started acting four years ago that most things are filled with white people. I'm not blind. I see that most things are filled with white people. And if I was a black person, or if I was Hispanic, or I was, I would look at that and go, "Well, <laughs> who's representing me?" But now that I see that it's evolving and changing, and it's changing more rapidly, then that's that's the correct thing
0: to me. What do you see? You have a good platform from Twitter, and now you have a podcast. What do you see coming out of this? What's, what's your goal from for, for this podcast? What What do you want?
1: To I just like to create stuff that people. You know, I I only started listening to podcasts about a year ago and um, I drive cross country all the time, especially since COVID hit, you know, I think I've zigzagged across the country five times and I thought, well, you know, really just listen to podcasts and see what people, so I like the idea. It, It feels a little bit like, you know, it feels a little old timey like radio, you know, and You get to hear different people's points of view. I think that's interesting. I think it's, they get to also tell you about themselves for real. It's not somebody else's impression. So I I do like people getting to know me for who I really am and what I really believe. You know, there are so many subjects in my life that have been bastardized and you hear somebody's view and I, I feel like it can counter, like social media. If you hear a soundbite on somebody, I, I will say probably ninety-eight percent of the time people go, oh, "That's true," and I would venture a guess that if it's a celebrity or a famous person, it's it's probably false. So because I've lived that for so long and I've had so many stories said about me that are lies about different aspects of my life or what I believe, what I don't believe, I just thought this is a fun time to have guesses and find out. You know, there's so many interesting people out there, and that you're never going to know about unless somebody showcases them. I would like to have those people as my guests, and I would like to if it's if the topic comes up about me or something in my life, I'll tell you the real deal. You know, I haven't lived. I'm not a saint. I haven't lived a perfect life, Um, but I can tell you what was imperfect about it. And, you know, everyone's sitting up there. You're the one that lived your life. You're the one that knows what happened and didn't happen. I mean, you're the one that knows if you were in a pet store and wouldn't talk to someone standing next to you <laughs> with them looking right in your face, and you just ignore them.
0: <laughs> it makes no sense at all. Well, I, I, think, uh, I think that the first show w- was a good one. You were really nervous. Are you still nervous?
1: I am nervous because I, I'm so used to, if I was on your show, if this was the Corey show, like I just did Adam Carolla, right? Right. I care less. I'm like this show, Who cares? Or I could stand in front of a million people and not be le- nervous, and I could chit chat with them But for me to be talking about me makes me a little uncomfortable. So yeah. I guess I have that.
0: Yeah, I don't think the whole show is going. I mean, it's going to just be your thoughts. I think. I think that you know you're going to, like you said earlier, is just interview people and go see where the show takes you and give your side. And I think it's cool. I'm glad you're doing it. Well, I'm glad you helped me do it because see, here's the deal. <laughs>
1: Corey said he would help me do this a year ago and it's taken me a year to get up the it, nerve. It has. It is like it. almost to the day, it's a year ago that it took me the nerve to get up and and speak and, you know, can we just pretend like it's the Corey show and then you no, just interview? No, uh, okay, if you no. could. <laughs>
0: anyway. I talk too much. I talk too much. <laughs> no, Will you have anything else to say before we? No, we I feel like this
1: was on. a good first round and uh, <clears throat> it could only get better. Well, I guess it could get worse, but let's hope it gets better and. I, I think if you've got questions or you want subjects or topics you want to talk about, just hit me up on Twitter and, and, where, where, I, and I'll where, try and respond. Where do they
0: find you on Twitter? I know 1.4 million have, but it's just Kirsty Alley. It's just Kirstie Alley. It's easy.
1: Kirsty, All- I hate my name, too. See, that's another reason I'm uncomfortable here. Just, I wish my <laughs> name was something like Kirsty Lizette. or You can change it. Or Kirstie Caruglione or something. I never liked the two syllables and two syllables. Sing-songy. Kirsty Alley. Okay, this is not really a podcast, but <laughs> it could be a part of one. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're on this adventure together, so if you have any suggestions, let me know.